This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Hello, everyone. It is once again the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt, and you have tuned in to yet another episode of Radio Techers. I hope you enjoyed the first episode. It was quite a lot of fun. And here in the second episode, I'm once again joined by my good friend and co-host, Mags, as we discuss and preview the Premier League season coming up, as well as transfer news uh, for the top six traditional major clubs, as well as a special little shout-out to Burnley, which is quite nice. I like that. Um, but uh, we once again want to thank you, uh, whoever you are, wherever you are, for tuning in to yet another episode of Radio Techers. We hope that you enjoy the show. Once again, please follow us on Twitter at Radio Techers, R-A-D-I-O-T-E-K-K-E-R-S. Thank you again, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of Radio Techers. I am your host, the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt, and I'm, of course, joined uh, by my good friend Mags here. Uh, Mags, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing really, really well. Uh, getting really excited for the return of the Premier League. I know we've literally just had the end of the Premier League, but mm. yeah, I, the, the worst part is the, the in-between time when there's no football, uh, and then it comes back and everybody's happy again. So yeah, mm. excited. I'm excited too, man. And, and, and the state of things where you have uh, a, a guy with a Texan accent uh, speaking about uh, football, uh, <laughs> so, so that that goes to show how how excited I, I guess the whole world is uh, about uh, about the Premier League coming back and and everybody else um, you know around the world. Uh, whether you're a fan of La Liga, uh, Ligue 1, uh Bundesliga, Serie A, um, whatever the case may be, um, you know it is a, it's a very exciting time to be a football fan, indeed. Um, mm-hmm. 
I think we would be remiss here, uh, Mags, if we didn't talk about Lionel Messi. Uh, we did talk about him a little bit on the Champions League episode. Um, you had, you talked about how there was too much player power um, in the state of football and in the state of, uh, of all things here. Uh, Lionel Messi uh, has reportedly sent a fax over to Barcelona headquarters uh, seeking his intention to, I guess, uh, leave the club. He says he has a clause in his contract where he can leave uh, at uh, any time after, the, after a season completes uh, through the remainder of his current deal. Um, very. That's not. That's not entirely accurate. Oh, okay. Well, um, please correct me. No, I mean, I I, I feel horrible when I'm doing this because I, I I make it sound like you have no clue what you what you're talking about, and it's well, really not my intention <laughs> at all. Um, but yeah, the, the the clause in his contract says he has to give notice by May the thirty first uh, that he intends to leave. Now, yes. obviously, it's way way past that. Yes, um, but he. What he and his uh, his legal team are, are arguing is that because of coronavirus and the fact that the season has has pretty much only just ended, that mm-hmm. that clause should be should be waived and he should be still allowed to to leave. Um, well, and that's so, what I was gonna, and that's what I was gonna mention. Now, I appreciate you giving me the full legalese here, because because it definitely makes <laughs> makes us both accurate here at the same time for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so. Uh, I mean, this pretty much rocked the sports world. Uh, I mean, I can't think of a of a bigger moment since Michael Jordan saying "I'm back" than than Lionel Messi saying "I'm leaving." Um, you know, it it um, there is going to be probably some some courtroom battles uh, having to do with this here, but it does seem as if uh, it is his intention to leave. Um, I, I, I can recall other articles I've seen from multiple sources saying that uh, Ronald uh, Koeman had uh, sat with him here and and told Lionel Messi that there's no more special treatment, that he has to start thinking of the team. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big slap in the face for a, for a guy like Lionel Messi, who's essentially driven Barcelona for so long, almost on his own in some ways. Yeah, I I, I I understand that mindset, but again, like like we touched on in the in the previous episode, um, it's getting to a point where player power is becoming ridiculous now, and Messi took umbrage with the fact that uh, he was kind of admonished for for the poor performance against uh, Bayern Munich, and he was involved. Though the thing is, he was on that he was on that pitch. What he was was he to to fault for all the goals? Absolutely not. But he's still. Um, he was still involved in a, a team that got absolutely decimated, so he should be he should be disgusted in his performance. And I, I just don't like the fact that these players now have got so much control over the club. I mean, the reports that I've been reading just today is that uh, Bartomeu has offered to to stand down instantly if Messi agrees to stay, and I think that's the end game. I don't think a transfer is. Particularly the end game for for Messi, I think the end game is is getting that kind of that stroke back that he had at Barcelona. Mm. Um, could I see could I see him uh, leaving? Absolutely. There's only probably less than a handful of clubs who who could legitimately afford to 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 take Messi on. Mm. Uh, but but in the same breath, they are also clubs that are, are not run the way that Barcelona's run. And I don't think he would have the, the same kind of player power that he has at Barcelona. So for me, I think mm-hmm. that this is a whole 
massive power play by by Messi to to kind of get back um, the, the 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 power that he had uh, over the club, and it, it seems to be working. Well, and and that's what I guess you kind of answered uh, my next question here is 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 this a power play by Messi? Because it seems as though you know the reaction has been uh, within the club internally. Like <laughs> it, it seemed as though uh, Bartomeu was was about to leave the club regardless. He's not even standing for election for presidency of Barcelona right now, uh, mm-hmm. from what I can understand uh, and from what I've gathered from from my sources. Uh, but at the same time, you know. Um, yeah, it, it does seem as though Messi's trying to get a little bit more of that stroke back, and 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 almost Trump, uh, so to speak. Um, you know, <laughs> Ronald uh, Coman's, um, you know, kind of uh, power at the club. It, it, it seems as though in his coaching position, as well as you know the presidency. Um, and, and I think that uh, for anybody else coming into. Uh, uh, I, I guess the the office of the presidency of uh, FC Barcelona um, uh, losing Lionel Messi uh, would be quite the task uh, to try and repair and uh, and replace. Um, let's go with the hypothetical that he does leave, though, Mags. I think that there's a list of possible candidates here that we're aware of, and. Um, yeah. Uh, the most obvious one seems to be Manchester City. Um, it, it, it seems as though, uh, reportedly, uh, by people according, like, within Messi's inner circle, uh, sources have told us that, uh, he's been in contact with Pep Guardiola, he's been in contact, um, uh, with Manchester City officials, that his father, his agent, has been in touch with Manchester City officials, and with it being a Pep Guardiola coached club, it would make sense, almost too much sense, Mags. Yeah, I, um, I, if, if we go on the hypotheticals that he leaves, Man City would be the number one target. They've got the the finances, they've got the the, the history with uh, Pep and, and Messi, um, they've got the infrastructure to, to use the, the brand of Messi to, to its fullest. The the sticking point would be the court case between Barcelona and and Messi. If if the court um, decide to to honor the contract, I think the 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 buyout clause is seven hundred million euros, which mm. even to the likes of City is is ridiculous. And then you've got to um, you've got to pay the player. He'll have a signing on fees and and image rights. Yeah, it it gets to the point where. It wouldn't be financially viable for them to to get him, but uh, all things considered, and 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 he does become available. City's got to be the number one target. Outside that, I, I don't think there's a lot of uh, clubs that could could realistically afford him because mm. you're talking about someone who's on a million pounds plus per week yep. uh, of a wage, which for a, a lot of like mid-table clubs, that's their whole wage budget. <laughs> um, so you'd be looking at probably the likes of United at a push, uh, Chelsea um, with the way they're spending. Uh, I, I could honestly see uh, Messi in a Chelsea shirt. City, perhaps uh, Paris Saint-Germain. Um, but mm. outside doors, I don't see many more coming mm. in unless mm. he's willing to do the the kind of Thiago Silva route and take a huge pay cut. 
this is certainly possible. Um, and, and I want to touch on something here before we start rolling through other clubs that, that might be options here. Um, there does seem to be in some small circles, and, and I, I even subscribe a bit to this philosophy, and I'll, I'll further explain, um, that Messi perhaps may not be an instant success in the Premier League as far as getting on the, the pitch is concerned. I mean, obviously, from a marketing perspective from uh, for Manchester City, uh, this would be the, the coup of a lifetime. Um, but it, Lionel Messi is uh, getting up there in age. Uh, he is perhaps not as mobile as he once was. He did struggle at Anfield uh, a year ago. He's he's um, and obviously with the thrashing that uh, that Bayern Munich gave Barcelona, uh, he seemed to be almost um, pedestrian in some senses. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, with with Lionel Messi, and maybe I'm I'm over exaggerating this. Lionel Messi's never really been in a league that has thrived on physicality uh, as much as the Premier League has. Um, not to say that he couldn't thrive there, but does does the physicality of the Premier League and how uh, rough and tumble it seems to be at times, I mean, th- th- could that be a warning uh, perhaps maybe for, for, for Messi or or could it spell maybe not this instant success and instant gratification that maybe Messi or City fans would hope for in a potential transfer? Yeah, I think you you make a, a very salient point. Um, the La Liga is is nowhere near as physical as as the Premier League, and I think it would be a culture shock to uh, someone of of Messi who spent all his all his career at one club. We've got to remember that this is like a family to him. He, he will be uprooting everything that he's mm. he's ever known since being a since being a child to come to a a, a league that. He's going to he's going to be the number one target for for a defenders. They going then they will know that take Messi out of the game and that's half the battle done. Mm. So he's going to attract fouls. He's going to uh, attract heavy tackles. And does he have the kind of um, mental um, mindset to? to to put up with that, he he's very known for kind of throwing his toys out the pram when a match isn't kind of going his way. You mentioned it; he, he gets very pedestrian, like he's uh, I mean, linking it to wrestling, he gets too he gets like Randy Orton, where he's he just <laughs> coast. He, he, he you can tell when he's not showing interest. You can tell when he's not showing passion. He coasts, and would he be like that if he uh, if he got um? Some some hard tackles on a on a wet Wednesday in Leicester. Mm. Would he be able to Would he be able to cope with that? Well, in Leicester or in like you know, if he was to visit Anfield, one big tackle for Vir- from Virgil Van Dyke could certainly spell, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, certainly shave months or possibly years off of his career. Uh, a big tackle from a guy like uh, Tiago Silva, who we'll talk about later. Um, I mean, there are some big <laughs> physical defenders and midfielders in the Premier League that I, I mean, it, it would be a totally different environment for for Messi. Yeah, I mean, I imagine Messi on a midweek trip to Burnley facing <laughs> uh being marked by 
Ben by Benmi and, and James Tarkovsky, he would hate it. He would ha- absolutely hate it, and I don't think he, he would have the the mental stamina to to put up with that. It's all well and good being in a, a dream team in mm. in City on the on the training pitch and in the Champions League. That's amazing football, but you've got to be able to do it on those hard journeys to the likes of mm-hmm. Bournemouth or the likes of Sheffield United. That's where you see the caliber of mm-hmm. a of a player and. Um, I don't think he. He. I don't. I think he'd struggle. I mean, he may well be able to kind of like adapt. Uh, I'm not saying that he won't. He's arguably the best footballer that's ever kicked a ball. Mm. And I would, I, for one, would love to see him in the Premier League. But he, he's getting on. He's he's kind of accustomed to that that uh, easy style of of the the La Liga um, system. It's going to be a hard lesson for him to learn. To, to play for a, a Premier League club. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm absolutely 100% in agreement with you on this. I, I think that perhaps the one, uh, I guess the one shimmering, I, I guess, example in the pros column that, that I can't really avoid personally um, for, for Manchester City uh, and their fans would be Lionel Messi obviously played the best football of his life playing under one Pep Guardiola. Pep's had his time to bet in at City. Uh, Pep could certainly help navigate Messi through the Premier League, um, and he there's probably no other coach that knows Messi better than Pep Guardiola. Um, it would just simply come down to, uh, can Messi's body hold up, uh, not only his body, but also his mentality, hold up uh, to the, I, I guess, the the insanity of the Premier League and its very ragged schedule because there's there's significantly more games played if you're if you're playing in England than you are in Spain. Yeah, I agree, and and he has worked uh, wonders on under Pep, but I think you've also got to realize that that maybe Pep's in kind of a transition period now. He's uh, wherever he's gone is is been successful every single year, and this is the first year that that. He hasn't had that success, so he he's possibly in in the position where he's doubting himself, where he's perhaps looking to move on. Um, would 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 bring in Messi and kind of revitalise Pep uh, and and sit here as a force. I mean, they've been making some some moves in the transfer market, um, so I fully expect them to to be up there uh, in terms of challenging. Uh, but does a does a Messi add to that challenge or is it just a marquee signing that that Mm. you use to sell shirts and and tickets i mean that that is the question i mean it would be a very dangerous front line with raheem sterling uh you know uh sergio aguero and uh and Lionel messi that's for sure that'd be very intimidating no firmino sala and mane in my opinion but it would still be very (laughs) devastating um and 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 another thing you've also got to remember is mm. messi's got uh, he's got He's got an attitude. He's used mm-hmm. to being the center of attention. But you've got, well, it, it, it's it, it's a fact, really. That yeah. He's got his way at Barcelona because he is the best footballer in the world, and mm-hmm. he knows it. But if he comes to City, uh, and you've got the likes of uh, of Sterling, and you've got the likes of Mares, and all these huge names, Kevin De Bruyne, mm-hmm. and Bernardo if he, Silva, if, exactly. If, if uh, I mean Aguero. You, if you've got like all these huge names players and and you're not front and centre as the biggest star, is he going to still have the same kind of issues at City that he's having right now at Barcelona? 
I mean, that is the question. I mean, I mean, you would almost fully expect for some of these names that we've listed off to almost go the other way to Barcelona if Messi uh, <laughs> yeah. was to was to have an agreement with City and and City was to have an agreement with Barcelona to to do a swap. You'd almost certainly expect some of those names to to go the other way. Um, but yes, can you just imagine the absolute scenes if Pep subbed off Messi for Mares? That would be. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's take a a a, a trip to uh, uh, you know Paris. Uh, you know uh, Paris Saint Germain PSG uh, also seems to have their hat in for Lionel Messi, um, uh, with report sources saying that multiple players, including Neymar, as well as club officials, have reached out to Messi, exploring the possibility of him moving uh, to PSG. Um, that would be quite, uh, <laughs> quite insane, uh, as far as, uh, an offensive approach, having Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe. Um, I could definitely see that working wonders for their offense. Um, but, uh, again, uh, do we kind of see the same problems as you would with City with this kind of approach? Um, I think the biggest problem with, uh, Messi going to, to, uh, Paris would be, the reason why Neymar left uh, Barcelona in the first place because he did he was he was sick of being second fiddle to to Messi. Um, it would be an interesting move and it would be a scary move. But it, <laughs> if you if you were Messi, would you want to go to what's essentially a farmer league? Um, I don't, I don't know. The, it, the finances are, are absolutely there. They're uh, they're up there with the likes of City in terms of buying power, mm. and especially now that that City have kind of almost destroyed the the financial fair play uh, movement with uh, mm. with the winner the the court of arbitration. Uh, I can see a lot of big clubs being able to to go and and fund these these huge moves. Uh, but yeah, wow, can you imagine Messi? Flanked by Neymar and Mbappe. Oh my god! It, it, it's like it's like FIFA dream teams. <laughs> it, it is, and it's like you spend millions of FIFA points on on drawing some uh, ultimate team cards, and you get you get Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe. Yeah, just slaughter everybody through the ultimate team yeah. league. Just <laughs> just pure pace and dribbling. That's all you need. Um, I, I I will make uh, to to your point here. Um. I think that if he, we, we've called France a farmers league uh, now, but uh, I mean, if you if you consider that both Lyon and PSG made it all the way to the semifinals of the Champions League, I mean, it it might it, it might still project itself as being somewhat competitive for Messi. Uh, it's not too far a move away from from Barcelona as, as opposed to England, which would be uh, a greater, much greater distance uh, for him. Um, and, and to be perfectly honest, it's, it's not, it's certainly not as physical, um, as it would be. And, and city do not city, but, um, PSG somehow, some way seem to be closer, uh, to a champions league title than Manchester city would. Um, so, I mean, the, these, uh, well, like I said, with Neymar and Mbappe, uh, with Messi added onto that lineup, uh, it would be pretty solid. Uh, you, you do also have his his teammate, his uh, from Argentina in um, uh, Di Maria, and uh, yeah, I mean, it could certainly be very very interesting uh, if if he was to make that trip to PSG. Yeah, it, it certainly would. I, I know I've, I read a report. I think it was yesterday uh, that is uh, Messi's. Uh, his father and his agent. Uh, I think it's called Jorge. Uh, spoke to a French. Uh, 
a French news outlet and said that their preferred destination would be City. Uh, so I think mm-hmm. that that puts them in 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 the front line. But again, I still believe that come the the start of the new season, Messi will still be at Barcelona. I think it's a, a power player. Mm-hmm. I, I'll 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 run you through another scenario. Um, <laughs> just just for all intents and purposes here. Um, there is uh, possibly, um, you know, there, there there has been in the past, I guess, a a precedent uh, when you had Maradona leave uh, Barcelona to go to Napoli. Um, yep. I can think of one man who would really need a number ten to to link up with, uh, and that would be Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, mm. the, uh, Juventus made a huge coup when they got Ronaldo from Real Madrid. Uh, it would certainly be unthinkable uh, for the for Juventus to somehow pair up Messi and Ronaldo together at Juventus, uh, but it is is it too far of, of a stretch here? They've certainly recouped a lot of money from the marketing of Ronaldo. I just imagine what uh, kind of stimulus uh, Messi would provide, and uh, you, you would uh, certainly have finally the linking up between Messi and Ronaldo on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking straight finances. I think Juve are well, well out of it. Um, now, if they could, if it turns out that it can leave on a free, I think, um, I think a lot of teams could perhaps throw their names in the hat because you could pay Messi's wages with just the sponsorships that you'll you'll get in, uh, and with the shirt sales and, and with the extra uh, ticket sales. So, yeah, Juventus would would then be in the pitch, and even one season of Ronaldo and Messi on the same team. Would would be phenomenal to watch. <laughs> it would be it would be fascinating uh, to to see them try and uh, I guess work things out between one another uh, <laughs> on on the field. It would be it would be quite fascinating to see them to uh, you know kind of link up with each other. I think that would be quite something. So I I personally wouldn't count PSG out of the race just yet. Not PSG, uh, Juventus rather, um, or PSG for that matter. But you know that would be certainly fascinating. I, I would be very intrigued to see if maybe Ronaldo himself m- tries to make any moves or tries to, uh, I guess, make any public statements about uh, the possibility of uh, of Messi. That would be certainly uh, quite titillating. Um, <laughs> Uh, one last piece of, of, of perhaps intrigue here regarding Lionel Messi, and then we need to move on to uh, to, to other topics here. Uh, there was a, quite a large fan gathering for Newell's Old Boys. Uh, that would be Lionel Messi's original uh, club uh, in Argentina, uh, his boyhood club. Um, they've certainly tried to make some kind of uh, plea, public plea for Messi to return to Argentina uh, and, and to return to... Uh, uh, I guess his uh, his club his uh, the, the club of his childhood. Uh, I think that this could certainly uh, you know be uh, a fascinating thing for him to do as well. Maybe to try and give back to Argentina what he never could in the national team. Mm-hmm. I've, I've I've read reports like years and years ago that his his kind of ambition was always to 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 go back and play for for Newell's Old Boys and and perhaps even start coaching there. So that's a distinct possibility i don't think it will be for at least a few years down the line uh he's got too much earning power right now to to perhaps go back to argentina where quite frankly they couldn't afford the wages that he's on um so yeah i think maybe two three years down the line we will see that 
Sounds like a plan. Uh, well, let's uh, let's move on to some transfer news here. Um, as you like to blow up my DMs on a nearly morning <laughs> basis nowadays, um, there's been no part, no, no, no person, but but no club uh, that has been quite as ambitious so far in the transfer market as uh, Chelsea uh, this season. Um, and, and I think for good reason, they've, uh, they've made quite a lot of moves, uh, here in the opening part of the season. Mags, what do you make of all of Chelsea's transfer action? Well, my, uh, my oldest son is a massive Chelsea fan, absolutely loves him. Um, and yeah, he is the most excited for a season that, that I can remember in a long, long time. Yeah. If you look up and down all the the kind of uh, confirmed transfers from the Premier League, not a lot of clubs have, have, have bought more than than they've than they've let go. But Chelsea are probably the closest. They've picked up some huge names, um, a few where they probably overspent a little bit. But when you can uh, bag the likes of Thiago Silva, who's coming, uh, I think he's on twenty percent of the wages that he was on at, at, at Paris. Yeah, then something got, ridiculous. Um, yeah. <laughs> And then you've got uh, Timo Werner snatched from uh, from uh, under the noses of uh, of the Anfield faithful. Uh, <laughs> I think they've just confirmed uh, Ben Chilwell um, from from Leicester, which is one who who I think is overpaid. But the fact that he's British. <laughs> Uh, Brit- it's, it's British players always end up becoming overvalued because mm. because you obviously have to have British players in your team. Um, I like the sign of Malang Sar. Uh, he's a he's a very good uh, uh, young player, uh, and I think he'd learn a lot under under Thiago Silva. Uh, but you've still the rumours that are coming through are still that they're looking to pick up more players. I, I don't think we've got the the, the confirmation that they've got Havertz yet from a. Uh, from Leverkusen, but they they could easily be in in the the talks for for Messi. Uh, Coutinho's apparently uh, attracted interest. Um, John Stones from City um, is someone who, who they may be looking at, and even um, looking at a new keeper because uh, Kepper is is clearly the weak link in that team now. Um, and there's there's three names that are being bandied about. Nick Pope from uh, Burnley. I don't really want him to go to Chelsea uh, because obviously mm. we need him more than ever now. Uh, Sergio Romero, the um, the Argentine who's uh, the understudy uh, for for De Gea, he's mm. now surplus to requirements because I think they brought back uh, uh, Dean from uh, Sheffield United. He's going to be mm. the the number one, the Dean Anderson, mm-hmm. uh, and then Jan Oblak from uh, Atletico Madrid. Which if they got Jan Oblak. I would bet my house on Chelsea winning that league. I mean, if you got Jan Oblak from Atletico Madrid, you might as well just call the rest of the decade over. Um, yeah. as, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, you would have certainly the lion's share of uh, uh, of trophies going Chelsea's way. Um, well, when they when they confirmed the the Thiago Silva signing, the the odds for Chelsea to win the league dropped from uh, fifteen to one to ten to one mm-hmm. instantly. Well, and, and and I think you brought up one other name here that uh, that's brought a lot of intrigue because uh, you certainly it seems already have 
the the pieces of a front line coming together with Timo Werner uh, and uh, uh, Hakim Ziyech, uh, who who didn't I, I can't remember if you mentioned that him or not. Um, but uh, yeah. uh, obviously, him being them being paired with Christian Pulisic is quite interesting. But if you bring in mm-hmm. Kai Havertz, uh, that seems to be uh, almost like a king a kingmaker move, uh, as far as I'm concerned. You'd have a very long, uh, very young front line uh, with uh, with Werner, Ziyech, and, and and uh, Havertz together, um, and uh, that would be a pretty unstoppable force, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and and the thing with these signings, and we spoke a, a lot of, about this uh, on the previous episode, was uh, Barcelona's issue was they were signing big names. Uh, now, whilst these are still relatively big names, they they also they they improve on on gaps in the squad that Chelsea clearly had last season. Uh, bringing in Silva kind of shows up that defence, and um, bringing in uh, Werner and and uh, Zayek it, it adds to uh, a front line that was was quite lacklustre for Chelsea last season. To be to be fair, uh, it adds a lot of pace. What what they were sorely missing. Um, yeah, they're making some really interesting moves uh, at Chelsea. And, um, I think they're going to be a scary proposition for any team. I would certainly agree, and and I think that um, the one thing that has me slightly concerned for Chelsea fans would be just the 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 sheer list of of players coming back from loan uh, that they have mm-hmm. on their budgets now, and, and and I think that might be the one thing that would prevent them from going out and getting a guy like Kai Havertz. Um, I mean, you've got Victor Moses, Danny Drinkwater, uh, Baba, uh, Bakayoko, Zapacosta, Ampadu, um, uh, Alvaro Morata. His loan has ended from Atletico Madrid. Um, I think see. they've sold it. I think Atletico bought it now. Have, has they, have they made him permanent? Okay. I think, it, yeah, 50 million, I think. Well, there you go. <laughs> Mag's coming in with the hot news here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just... Um, yeah, just kind of kind of a, a large, I guess, wage bill that you get with a lot of players coming back from loan, and and Chelsea certainly does not buy players on the cheap very regularly. Um, so, so I mean, that would be one place of concern: is how do you how do you free up, I guess, more spending power or more funds uh, in, in a in a market like this uh, that's been hit with uh, with COVID. Um, but yeah, I, I think that I, as far as on the pitch is concerned. Um, Chelsea look very, very strong all the way around. Um, and Golo Kante would probably be my my only key concern on the pitch because I mean he's been struggling with injuries quite recently, where he'd have been playing almost unstoppable football for the last you know several years now. Um, yeah, I mean I, I would say if you're a Chelsea fan, there's a lot of reasons to be excited for sure. Definitely, definitely, um, and. I think we mentioned in in the DMs that the the kind of only weak point, apart from getting the keeper in, which which is it's surely to be on Lampard's uh, uh, wanted list. But the weak point is Lampard himself. Has he got the kind of a uh, the the knack of being um, a manager? Um, he showed a lot of promise last season, but he also showed he's got um, kind of um, a short temper. I mean, the the argument he had with uh, with Liverpool um, shows that he can sometimes when when the pressure's on, he he, he does crack a little bit. Um, so it'll be interesting to see now that he's got his own kind of players in and the, the people who he wanted to buy rather than the, the team that he inherited to see where he fits as a manager. 
I would certainly agree with that, uh, for sure. Um, Frank Lampard, he's he's obviously a legend, legendary player. Uh, very leg- uh, means so much to I guess the club uh, in general. Um, but uh, he didn't seem to to do too much tinkering of his own. He seemed to kind of play with the bones of what Sari had left behind, and mm-hmm. um, obviously he didn't have. Um, a lot. Uh, he didn't have any backing in the transfer window because uh, because of the ban. Um, but uh, it, it will be interesting to see where he goes from here and, and kind of what he implements in his vision of Chelsea. Um, I, I think that uh, there's there's a, a very high expectation for him and rightfully so. Um, we'll, we'll just have to see what happens here, man. Um, yep. Let's see. Uh, let's go to, let's go to Manchester City next. I, I think that that's only fitting. <laughs> uh, Manchester City has, uh, spent, uh, a very little, uh, compared to, to previous seasons and, and for good reason, obviously. Um, they went out and purchased, uh, uh Nathan Ake from, uh, from, from, from Bournemouth, uh, for almost 50 million. Um, and then, uh, Ferran Torres, uh, from Valencia for, uh, actually, uh, a a fairly, uh, I, I wouldn't call it cheap, yeah, but about yeah. 20 million, something like that. About 20 million, 20, 25 million, um, uh, which is, which is actually quite low, uh, for, from Valencia, who is kind of on the rise themselves in, in La Liga. Um, Ake seems to be a very astute player. Uh, he, he's, he's, he's a very intelligent player on the ball and, and, and obviously off the ball as well. Um, I guess is this where we see John Stones kind of uh, step out of the limelight a little bit for Chelsea, or not Chelsea? Uh, City? Yeah, uh, perhaps. I think uh, the issue with Stones is that he didn't seem to improve from from that uh, the breakout season he had with uh, with Everton that that got him that kind of sealed the move to City, and he was um, a lot of his. His fallacies were were covered by having uh, a partner like Company, who was who was head and shoulders one of the the best mm. defenders cities have ever had. Um, I don't think that that Aki's had that much of an improvement over John Stones. To be fair, mm. um, he he showed uh, a lot of promise at, at Chelsea. Went to uh, went to Bournemouth and. He, he, he kind of like stood out because he's a big fish in, in a relatively small pond. Uh, I don't think going to City, I don't, he just doesn't scream uh, top quality to me. He just, he seems to be just like a, like very middle of the road, almost kind of like a, a utility player rather than mm-hmm. uh, an elite level defender and, and City, they do need an elite level defender. So, that for me is is probably the biggest risk of of uh, City's transfer window so far. Mm. Uh, Ferran Torres, I think that's an, um, a really classy signing. Mm. When you lose someone uh, with the the skill uh, of Leroy Sane, it's hard to replace um, someone that good. And I, I think that uh, Torres may be able to kind of fit in 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 those shoes on on that on that right wing. Mm. Um, but yeah, they've they've had a quite a subdued um, window. All in all, I've said maybe maybe they are hanging on to sign a, a certain uh, diminutive Argentinian. 
perhaps so. <laughs> um, I, I look at the, these city signings, and they uh, they don't appear to be the Galactico esque signings that we've come to know from City in past seasons. Um, mm-hmm. But what this does appear to be is Pep Guardiola considering, you know, the system that he has in place. Um, um, you know, m- that more of that positional kind of play and, 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 and possession-based uh, tactics and, 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 and kind of trying to find players that work best within that system. And I think that he may have seen that at, with John Stones at one point, uh, but has become disappointed with the actual uh, defending skills. So perhaps in his mind, he does see Ake as a uh, as maybe a, a solution to a problem that City has had uh, in the defense previously. Uh, Torres, um, I, I think what they're going to, what they're going to find with Torres is that he's got the dribbling skills for sure. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I think he's got, he's got the eye for goal and he, and he does, he's a, again, a very intelligent player. Um, so this is somebody who's definitely well, um, I, I, I guess that that would work well within a Pep Guardiola system. I think what city is really, really going to miss is Leroy Sané's pace and and his mm-hmm. speed uh going down the flanks there him and sterling were uh very very uh very good together um on the wings for city and i think that that's going to be something that they're going to miss cuz you're going to have that outlet of really only for uh, in terms of speed there's not really anybody faster than sterling i i think that in, in city's roster it seems yeah, um, I think as well it's it's future proofing with the with uh, the majority of these signings so far. Uh, Torres is what twenty, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Ake is maybe twenty five, so it's it's kind of like building a very young squad. And then you add the likes of Pablo Moreno, who they picked up from Juventus for I think he's eighteen, and then they've signed. Uh, Kuto, I think, from uh, Coritiba, who uh, again I think he's eighteen. So there's a lot of the it's. I think it's a lot of kind of a building a future team and kind of like players who, who can be brought in maybe over the next couple of years and kind of like learn the city system and then and then be like brought into the first team. So yeah, um I'd still expect City to to maybe make some some big moves in 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 the upcoming weeks. Uh, leading to like the the beginning of the new transfer uh, the beginning of the new season, but all in all, they 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 are trying to improve, and yeah, you you yeah you've got to give them uh, props for that, I suppose. Uh, perhaps so, perhaps so. Um, l- let's move onwards from City because uh, we talked a lot about him, them with Messi and and everything. Um, let's move on to a club that. Uh, is well the champions uh my favorite club <laughs> um let's move on to the champions and, and a club that's been in city uh, a thorn in city side for quite some time um liverpool football club um things seem to be quiet at anfield right now um they, they did make mm. a pretty astute signing uh with uh uh, S- uh Smikas, um coming in from olympiacos um for about 14 million uh, is what it seems. Um, they still seem to be within the market with Jurgen Klopp saying um, as early as, as today, as, as of the time of this recording here, uh, that uh, they are looking into the market um, and, and uh, that uh, they still have a long way to go until the October deadline uh, is concerned. Yep. Um, which is very true. Um, 
I think that Liverpool last season signing really very few players. Um, it seems like this year is a good time to try and um, find some places where the squad can can improve, but. Um, it's really kind of hard to improve upon the perfection of last season. Almost, I mean, almost, <laughs> almost perfection. Almost perfection. Can, can you fit your head through the door? Almost, almost, <laughs> barely. No, I think um, I think Liverpool are not haven't been really linked with a lot of players. I mean, obviously, there's, there's the talk with uh, with Thiago Alcantara, and I did say that maybe that would be put off because of the transfer fee. Uh, Liverpool seem to be the only champions that I can remember who haven't got a big Warchester to kind of improve. Um, they they did let uh, Lovren go, which kind of uh, it leaves a bit of a, a gap uh, next to uh, next to Van Dijk. And I think <laughs> that's where where City uh, where Liverpool are going to probably look to improve. Um, I think they, this talk that they, they're looking at uh, Christ, Christopher Adger at, at, at Celtic and perhaps even mm. Ben Watt at mm-hmm. Brighton, I believe, uh, has been mentioned. Uh, but yeah, uh, Simicus is, is a. I think that's a, a an outstanding pickup. Uh, someone uh, uh, of Simicus pace, and they, they really did need a, a, a fullback. I think they let Clan uh, go, who's obviously uh, kind of. Um, fallen down the rankings but uh yeah it's it's been a very very quiet a eerily quiet couple of years for for city um and i know Liverpool. we spoke about uh, i know i don't even know why i keep doing that uh, for, for I, I started doing uh, it first with city and chelsea it's it's okay yeah it's been eerily quiet for for liverpool and we spoke in uh in private about if they if they lost one of the the front three uh how how would they kind of react um, mm. Now the the talk of of Salah and Mane uh, going to Real Madrid has kind of petered out a little bit, so perhaps mm. that the that's not going to be an issue this season. Uh, but yeah, I, there's not a lot of re- uh, real need for improvement with Liverpool. Mm. To be fair, uh, the the squad was absolutely brilliant last season, and bringing in uh, the likes of Simicus and perhaps picking up a def- another defender. And yeah, uh, Liverpool will be will be there or thereabouts again this season. Mm-hmm. I, I think that Liverpool is going to continue to look inward uh, as far as depth is concerned. I, I think you had mm-hmm. some pretty brilliant moments with uh, Curtis Jones uh, uh, towards the tail end of the season. So I think that he's going to make a pretty big impact. Uh, I think that you're going to have to look at uh, Mark Grujic, uh, who's coming back from loan at Hertha uh, in, uh, in the Bundesliga. Um, I think that he would be a pretty astute player to put in the midfield uh, rotationally. Um, I, I would hope that he's not totally wasted on the bench, but I, I think that he's got a lot of competition ahead of him. But he is a great player that uh, that could add a lot of depth to the squad. Um, you do have uh, Nico Williams, uh, Nico Williams rather. Um, I guess that could fill in for, um, or at least rotate uh, with Trent Alexander Arnold, who um, is. Certainly, their chief playmaker at at, at Liverpool right now, mm-hmm. um, but I, I think that um, you you have you have some areas of concern. Definitely center back, like you said. I've, I've I'm definitely with you here on the Ben White links. I think that he would be a, a certainly a very astute player to pick up. 
um, uh, somebody who could partner with somebody like Joe Gomez uh, going forward mm-hmm. in the future. I-, I think that that would be a pretty uh, intelligent back line between the two of them. Um, especially if you have somebody uh, like Virgil van Dyke at the club who can kind of uh, navigate the waters and kind of bring them up, uh, you know, uh, a, a few degrees in terms of their uh, uh, their skill set, um, uh, and kind of help uh, mentor uh, the, the young center backs at the club. Uh, they do have some pretty great young center backs just in the youth academy as well. Uh, so, I mean, we do need another center back at Liverpool. Um, I, I think that Ben White would probably be the most astute signing, um, mm-hmm. but probably the most costly. Um, yeah, Tiago. I mean, even 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 though I think you could probably pick him up for for maybe fifteen million, which in this market is 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 peanuts really. But it's it's if Liverpool have got fifteen million. To, to spare, I know there was talk that, mm-hmm. uh, that if if uh, Klopp wanted to make some signings, he would have to sell first. Right. Uh, but but would they be able to stretch to to a like a, a fifteen million budget? I, I could I could see that happening definitely. Well, and 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 I've said I've certainly seen the same reports as you have about uh, FSG saying to. Klopp, hey, you have to sell to sign, um, and and who really knows if that's the truth? Um, you know, FSG's kind of let the Boston Red Sox go by the wayside, it seems, uh, <laughs> in terms of baseball here in the states. Um, so, I mean, I would like to imagine that they would have some ambition to win something somewhere. Um, so, why not reinvest in the squad um, at Liverpool? Um, I, I, I know that the Premier League came to an agreement with Liverpool and that they will pay, I guess, the winnings in, in installments, it seems, um, because mm-hmm. of, uh, because of, uh, everything going on and the, I guess the league just being more in a position of austerity right now, trying to, to keep finances on a level. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it seems as though center back would definitely be great the 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 talks of tiago f- coming in from bayern seem to uh, continue more and more each and every day um wayne rooney even made mention that uh, uh tiago going to liverpool would be a bigger signing than messi going to city um <laughs> i i i i mean i could see his point um i, I think that that would add a, a totally a different dimension to liverpool's midfield um but uh, I guess one area that really does conf- concern me not only is, is center back, but also anywhere across the front three. Um, we, we have to ask if Minamino's is ready to fill in uh, rotationally with Firmino. Uh, you know, what's, what's you know, Shikari's, uh, Shikari's status, rather? Uh, you know, can he go through another season after having a injury-plagued season last year? Um I think that they they may also want to look into another winger. Uh, Wilfred Zaha seems to be wanting to leave. Um, you also have Saar from uh, Watford, who who seems to be somewhat keen of joining uh, Liverpool. Um, you know, I I think that it uh, it's just a matter of can Liverpool put together the budget for it. Yeah, and who you would have to lose from that squad. Uh, which was absolutely amazing last season. Who you would have to lose to to fund that? Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> that would uh, that would be correct. Uh, so we'll we'll have to wait and see. It does appear though Liverpool may be looking more inward than anything else. Um, let's kind of go uh, a little bit uh, outside of uh, in that that area. Still still within the same kind of. Uh, uh, you know, region of the country, but uh, a stone's throw away here. Uh, let's go to Manchester United, where uh, <laughs> it also seems to be a bit of a ghost town in terms of transfers, it seems. Yeah, uh, a lot more rumours with players uh, than than you're having at Liverpool, but uh, not a lot of, of actual action in terms of uh, bringing players in. I think the only the only confirmed signing is that they've uh, they've re-signed Igalo on a, another loan deal. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of talk of uh, of the likes of uh, Costa from Juventus, uh, Coutinho. Um, Obviously, they they missed out on uh, Gabriel uh, Magalhaes, who's gone to I think he's gone to Arsenal now. Uh, but there's the whole Jaden Sancho uh, transfer mm. kind of roundabout that that the, is he on, is he off kind of stuff. And then there's the Jack Grealish stuff from from Aston Villa. Mm. Uh, yeah, um, it, it's. It's a weird time for to be a Man City fan, a Man United fan, because there's so many rumours happening, but not a lot of action. Mm-hmm. Well, and 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 obviously, um, you know, the the big one, the more protracted one that seems to have have taken place all summer long uh, here, Mags, is the one that you brought up with Jaden Sancho, um, where it was on again, off again, uh, slidings of him in Manchester, and then he's not in Manchester, and then you have. Uh, the Chiefs at Dortmund saying that uh, uh, you know that uh, Manchester United had a deadline and that the deadline had passed and that and now that they have no intention of selling Sancho and that they're gearing up for uh, the season to come. Um, so I mean, is it possible that United could maybe try and get something put together in the eleventh hour uh, to to make a swoop for Sancho because it seems as though they're trying. United are trying to find somebody who they can identify as maybe a talisman of the club, somebody who can instill some kind of attitude or some kind of, um, I guess, to, to reignite what United had before. Um, but it, it seems very hard for them to do that somehow. Yeah, and and the, the problem is Ed Woodward. It's as simple and clear as that. He's so horrifically bad at getting deals over the line. It, it's almost laughable. Um, the the amount of people who have, have been so close to signing for for Man United and and he's kind of scuppered the deal by, by dragging his feet. Yeah, it's um it's a joke. I, I don't like the whole uh, system that they've got over there at Man United. Uh, yeah, it's it's. It's they're just a team that I love to hate. Just because (laughs) I I would love for them to have a massive downfall. Um, Just because they're douchebags, they're absolute douchebags. The Glazers are uh, they've 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 ruined the club. I mean, Man United used to be uh, the kind of team that, as an English English football fan, you hated uh, when you when you were uh, in a domestic league, but you were proud of them. For being so dominant when they when they're in Europe and and now they they're not they 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 kind of coursing on those those old kind of um, uh, accolades mm. and now they 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 barely a top six team. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't I don't think Solskjaer has got the the chops to be a manager. He just seems too nice of a person. Um yeah, it's a, a weird time to be a Man United fan because these were the, this was the the team that dominated for so long. I mean, you guys at Liverpool absolutely hated it when mm. uh, every year United won the league and every year <laughs> they got one more tile closer to to catching your record. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now the tables have turned and and they can't stand the fact that Liverpool are at the top. Yeah, I mean, I can't say I'm hating it, um, because <laughs> I, I absolutely would dread the weekends week and, and week out where, you know, I, I would say, okay, uh, Liverpool are playing United, and th- I mean, there would be the occasional one where we would rally and get it, right, and, 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 and we'd pick up the win, um, you know, but like, even if it wasn't Liverpool, if it was Chelsea, or if it was City themselves, or if it was... Um, even even teams like Arsenal or Spurs, uh, where they would play United, and I'd be like, "All right, come on, somebody has to get them to drop some points here." And it would, it, like like clockwork, it you know, it was very rare that they would ever lose. Um, it, it seems, um, but uh, I guess those kind of memories. Uh, died with the, uh, I guess, the retirement of Sir Alex Ferguson, and they've just not been the same club ever since. They they went and uh, I, who was it that they uh, who was it they they picked up from Everton? Um, Moyes, Moyes, David yes, Moyes. David Moyes. Um, so you know, uh, you had that era last for a couple of years. It seems. Um, <laughs> They moved on, and they, and they, they. I guess they. Oh man, they they went and got Louis Van Gaal because he had that amazing World Cup. Uh, I guess run with uh with Holland, and that seemed to just go nowhere. Uh, mm-hmm. and then, uh, and then they went to um, Solskjaer, and 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 that's like you said, he's too nice. Ooh. You you missed out the amazing uh, Mourinho room. Oh yes, who could forget <laughs> Jose Mourinho when he lost uh, the club? Um, you know, see what what's funny is is that with Jose Mourinho, uh, a lot of the things that he said about Manchester United, while it got a lot of grief, um, I, I guess uh, reported through the media, um, a lot of those kind of things have turned out to be true. <laughs> we, yeah. we we always see uh, th- there's this image of Mourinho always being the villain the bad guy um you know but uh um you know he was he was kind of telling the truth about uh, a lot of things that maybe Manchester United fans and, and maybe the media at large didn't want to hear about Manchester United yeah and and it was it was right and sometimes you have to be the villain uh to to kind of get the the story across, the the issue is that it's the it's the glazers and it's the and it's the the kind of infrastructure behind the scenes with uh, Manchester United. I mean, when you're buying a club and the way you're funding it is by basically mortgaging that club's assets out. Mm. Yeah, it, what good can come of that? I think the the Glazers are in uh, more debt with Man United than they were when they first purchased the the, the company. But mm-hmm. yet they're still drawing uh, fifteen million a year uh, in in bonuses from from the the club. It's it's a rotten system, mm-hmm. and it's as much as I have a dislike for Manchester United, it's it's sad to see like a such a, a stalwart of the British uh, football scene being being treated like that. I, I, I agree. I do feel for their fan base. 
mm-hmm. you know, because of that, because I I know that uh, Liverpool kind of went through a, a horrifying experience with Hicks and Gillette before FSG mm-hmm. uh, picked them up. Um, so I, I know how it feels, um, but uh, you know, I I think that that kind of with what I said about Liverpool, I think a lot of Manchester United's solutions need to come from inward. I think it needs to come mm-hmm. from their academy, who's also looked pretty strong, um, you know, and and I think that they really need to concentrate on elevating the guys who are coming through that academy uh, and, and giving them proper game time and not worrying about signing stars and, and yeah. not having to worry about going out and getting Jaden Sancho. I think that you need to concentrate on building uh, from within right now uh, to try and alleviate some of these anxieties and at least give the fans and, and supporters something to cheer about, uh, seeing uh, a young player from Manchester make his name good. Um, but uh, you brought up Jose Mourinho, and, and this is a perfect segue because let's talk about Spurs. Um, <laughs> it's uh, almost like I knew you were going to bring them up. <laughs> um, Spurs uh, um, with Mourinho has been quite an interesting marriage, uh, to say the least. Um, he, Mourinho, rightly or wrongly, or, or maybe this is completely unfair, um, had had for so long, I guess, this, this tag of being a checkbook manager. Um, mm-hmm. But it seems as though the, the signings that have come good here, um, which I think that um, the, the one for uh, Giovanni Lo Celso, I think that was already prearranged from last season. Uh, but they've yeah. also brought in a, a Pierre-Emil Hojberg, uh, and uh, he seems to be a pretty astute signing as well. Um, I, I'll also make note here that Joe Hart has landed at Spurs for free. He has. <laughs> so, uh, so these are some um, these are some fairly astute signings from here, uh, from, from from Spurs and from Mourinho here. Yeah, I think the 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 Heisberg signing is is a really quality signing. Um, I think did Kyle Walker Peters go in the opposite direction? So, um, yeah. I, the outs are, are, are quite interesting. The, the Vertonghen obviously left. I think he's gone to Benfica, perhaps, and uh, Victor Wanyama, which I thought was quite an interesting uh, release. I thought he's uh, he's been one of the better players at Tottenham for a, for a long, long while. Uh, but yeah, picking up Heisberg is good. Uh, I'm glad Joe Hart's uh, landed at a club where he'll he'll perhaps get a little bit of game time. He he's uh, he's struggled since since uh, basically. Uh, dropping out of the England scene and and mm. and um, losing out uh, City's number one spot. He's had a real crisis of confidence. He's uh, these moves to Torino didn't quite work out, and the Burnley one didn't work out. And it's it's a shame really because I think he's he's still a very very good keeper. I think the issue is he is just doesn't believe it. Kind of a, almost like um, a Heskey when he was at Liverpool someone who, who just didn't believe how he was as good as he was and kind of needed that that uh, that boost uh, a lot of the time. Mm. Uh, so hopefully he'll get some game time at, at, at Spurs and 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 kind of like uh, come on a little bit more. Um, yeah, it's um, they've they've had some interesting rumours of who they they're looking to pick up as well. Obviously they've uh, picked up a striker uh, to to kind of uh, be the understudy for for. Uh, Kane, mm-hmm. but um, they're still being linked with with the likes of Costa, and uh, mm. I think uh, Acadius Milic from Napoli, which uh, 
which mm. would, to me, suggest that maybe they're going for two out-and-out strikers because if you buy, if you pick up someone like Costa or, or Millis, they're not they're not bench warmers. They're people who are, are looking to play pretty much every game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see if, if they're coming. Uh, and I think they're also looking at maybe strengthening the defence a little bit with with the loss of Batongan. Uh, so perhaps Dunk uh, from Brighton could, could come in. And uh, I think there's also rumours that they, they've been looking at uh, Matt Doherty from, uh, from Wolves, mm-hmm. uh, who's a, a, a quality signing. So, yeah, it's... Um, it's, it's an interesting time for for Tottenham as well, um, mm. and like I said, it, it's kind of getting Mourinho out of that uh, checkbook kind of mode and, and picking up more astute signings to to fit the squad rather than than building a, a team of of galactic cores. Mm-hmm. Well, and you, I think that with Mourinho, uh, who who is a very interesting figure in, in the history of, of football, um, he is he's very much a guy who. His teams start to peak around season two, season three, and 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 normally after season three is kind of when the map uh, gets gets tossed out the window and anything could happen. Um, with with a team like Milan uh, or Inter Inter Milan rather, he kind of just he 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 did bring in players and he, it's almost similar to kind of what he's doing here with Spurs. He he he's had this this kind of team of mercenaries uh, and, and guys who. Really really just fit in his mold and his vision of what he wants to do. And he's brought them all together um, for, for kind of a, just a, a siege, uh, a siege onto the, the league um, with, with kind of the signings that he's made. I could certainly see them picking up a guy like Milik from, um, from Napoli, as you mentioned, I think that'd be quite interesting if you did have some kind of diamond formation of, uh, uh, kind of in the in the middle of the park with uh, uh, Kane and Milik maybe leading the line and and uh, Deli Ali right behind them, um, or, or maybe some kind of form in, in which you could maybe uh, throw in uh, players like Lucas or Son uh, either in the, uh, at the ten the ten spot or maybe a little bit out wide playing off of Kane or Milik. Um, I, I think that you know if if Marina was to go into maybe more of a defensive shape or maybe something similar to what we saw with Inter Milan uh, in and that previous uh, previously successful treble year, um, then I think that this might be quite interesting uh, as as far as Spurs go. So I wouldn't put them uh, in the rearview mirror, perhaps as far as maybe potentially challenging for a title, because the timing seems about right as far as Mourinho. Uh, being the timing at the club, the players getting used to him, um, I, I just I, it it would be it would be unforgivable to count out a, a Jose Mourinho led team at this point. Yeah, uh, I think you make a, a, a lot of sense there. Um, the thing with with this Tottenham team is it's there's no outside probably Kane. There's no huge kind of a. Uh, big stars. It's, it's a team that work for each other, and um, that has has done them well over the last few seasons. But it's just not been able to get them kind of over that that line and getting some actual silverware. Uh, bringing in some of the players that, that they've been linked to could possibly do that. Maybe not so much challenge for the league, but um, maybe perhaps pick up a a, a cup trophy. Mm-hmm. I, I could certainly see that, and I mean, I could also see perhaps. Um, just depending on the situation, um, you know, it, Mourinho seems to somehow, 
he's almost being more mature. He's almost being more, I guess, <laughs> philosophical with things nowadays. Um, and, and, and maybe, maybe Harry Kane being the only star there is not a bad thing in Jose Mourinho's mind. Um, uh, I mean, yeah. it, it might give them something to rally around if anything else, uh, which is kind of what Spurs's thing has been, uh, for quite some time. And, and, and maybe if, if, Mourinho can just tweak the mentality a little bit more uh, within that squad. I, I think that uh, you might be, we might be onto something very interesting here at Spurs. Um, mm-hmm. Let's go from uh, one club in North London to a different North London club. Their immediate rivals, uh, Arsenal, um, who uh, who they've been kind of making some some moves here as well. Um, it, it seems it's, it's some very interesting uh, kind of uh, uh, again more astute kind of signings here uh, with uh, with William. Uh, he he moved for free from Chelsea. Uh, Cedric Soares uh, from uh, Southampton, uh, and then um, Pablo Mari. He he um, he got his uh, signing completed. Uh, you've got William Saliba coming back from loan from Saint Etienne. And then um, I think just uh, they they just signed somebody as well, didn't they? They like just this morning. Was it Magalash? I don't think it was Magalash. Who was it? Um, hold on, let me pull them up real quick. This <laughs> sorry, oh, Saliba. Folks. Oh no, they've got Saliba. Yeah, they, they've had Saliba. Saliba for a minute. Um, let me pull up my Arsenal news. Um, They seem to be ready to sell Emmy Martinez, which is interesting. Oh, uh, Gabriel. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah Magalhaes. Yeah, Gabriel, Gabriel Magalhaes. You, you said Magalhaes, and I was like, what? What are you talking about? Uh, yes, <laughs> Gabriel from um, uh, Brazilian midfielder, or Brazilian, uh, I'm sorry, uh, center back, rather, um, uh, that they look to be just nearly done uh, as far as that from deal goes. Lille. I think he plays for Lille right for, now. Yep, Lille. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, that he and um, uh, Saliba uh, would actually form a pretty brilliant partnership together in the center of the park at defense uh, for Arsenal. Yeah. I, th- I think that gives Mikel Arteta more of what his vision is for what he wants Arsenal to be. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the the biggest signing is the William one. I think he, he will provide uh, a stability that they've maybe been lacking in midfield um, especially with the likes of uh, Ginduza, who uh, is kind of almost flattered to deceive in in that middle of the park. I think the the Suarez uh, signing uh, is is a good one, but the the more interesting one is is the one that's perhaps on the horizon. The one that is uh, getting a lot of press, the uh, Coutinho uh, signing. Uh, I think if if they can bring in Coutinho, uh, the loss of a uh, of a uh, Lacazette, which is also looking quite likely, uh, I think Coutinho would fit perfectly in that role and uh, a front a front pairing of, of Coutinho and uh, Aubameyang would would be a, a sight to see. Well, yeah, I mean, especially linking up with uh, with Pepe or um, with uh, with William, uh, for that matter, I, and then yeah, I, I, Arsenal look to be. I guess rubber stamping where they want to be and, and, and kind of just going with Mikel Arteta's vision uh, and, and Arteta's, you know, I mean, he's very much a talisman of, of Arsenal, um, especially post, 
you know, Fabregas era. Uh, he's definitely a player that means a lot uh, to the club, and, and he meant a lot to Arsene Wenger when he was there. Um, so it's a very familiar face, and, and you know, with him winning the FA Cup uh, with Arsenal, um, not not only as a player, but as a, as a manager now, uh, I mean, that's been a, a pretty... Um, just a, a, a very feel-good story, I guess it seems. Um, mm-hmm. Is there are there any places on the pitch where you see Arsenal maybe being a little weak? Because I know there's the constant rumor with Guendouzi. Um, you know, Arteta is certainly not happy with him. Um, you know, and, and um, Guendouzi almost came across as maybe almost like a like a like a Simeone kind of figure, where he he would run with a dagger in his mouth just to try and put out fires anywhere and everywhere. But attitude wise, he doesn't seem to be in in the same mold that Mikel Arteta wants at Arsenal. Yeah, um, I think uh, looking at Arsenal post Wenger, they they've always uh, seemed like a, a team in turmoil. Like they they'd almost lost their their identity or the kind of like the a playing style. And uh, I think Arteta's worked absolute wonders to to kind of rebuild that that structure. Uh, I was someone who was kind of uh, on the fence about Arteta with not having a lot of experience. Uh, he, he, to be fair to him, he did he did uh, train under under Pep at City, uh, so you, he's bringing that kind of knowledge and experience. But I was always it's a big move to take on such a, a big job in in the Arsenal uh, in the Arsenal role. Uh, in terms of what they need on the pitch, I think. The, the biggest issue is the defence uh, with the likes of uh, Mustafa kind of really struggling uh, Bellerin looking to be on his way out uh, Rob Holding kind of not fitting in uh, as he should have uh, then there's obviously issues with uh, Callum Chambers I think uh, Arsenal are going to be looking at uh, perhaps replacing uh, the the want away Lacazette and focusing on 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 the defense and I think bringing in um, uh, Magalesh is a is a, a good start for that uh, I've not seen a lot of other rumors in terms of other defenders that they can they've been looking at but um, I think Arteta's the kind of manager that 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 holds his cards close to his chest uh, and you don't really mm-hmm. hear a lot of news until he's he's kind of got his player pretty much in the bag. Uh, agreed um and, and and with with arsenal um they do have a pretty big test uh um here um probably by the time that you guys will be listening to this episode it will have already happened but we are talking about the uh, the community shield game with liverpool i mean is there mm. something that uh, that arsenal need to watch out for uh in terms of playing against liverpool because it, it does seem as though their games do get pretty feisty um <laughs> in terms of firepower um and uh i mean arsenal has taken some pretty heavy losses but they've also uh, from, from liverpool specifically but i mean they've also shown signs of being able to to, to make comebacks um I mean, is, is there is there something that Arsenal should look for against Liverpool uh, to perhaps have any success? Not that I want that, but you know, just a question, of course. <laughs> the, they could probably arm the likes of uh, Mustafi with a shotgun, take <laughs> out the kneecaps of of of, uh, of Mane, <laughs> uh, and yeah, then they've got a fifty fifty chance. Um, <laughs> Only fifty-fifty. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I, I don't really put a lot of uh, kind of um, 
emphasis on the on the the community shield. It's always kind of almost like the the last big friendly of of a of a, a preseason. Mm. Um, but I would fully expect Liverpool to absolutely romp away with this. Um, and I, yeah, and I don't think there's going to be a lot that Arteta can do to stop a Liverpool team when if. The only people who could stop that Liverpool team from winning that match would be if Liverpool are just not up for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I would certainly agree. Um, I mean, just uh, Klopp's teams uh, always seem to have the finest answers against teams that are more possession based, and it does seem as though that's where. Arteta is kind of going. He he. I mean, look at who his uh, his predecessors are, and and the, and the people that he's learned the most from. He, he's 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 learned from guys like Arsene Wenger. He's learned from guys like Pep Guardiola. Um, mm-hmm. Mikel Arteta does seem to be also going in that direction, but he he does seem to be also more direct in some cases too, um, which which I think that um, uh, maybe that might spook Liverpool fans a little bit. Um, but I mean the. Arsenal DNA seems to be possession based, and and I think Klopp beautifully sets up traps uh, for for possession based teams, and uh, really makes them look foolish uh, in a lot of cases. It's yeah. it would be only when they're not switched on, like they were against City at the end of the season, um, that uh, you, you kind of see where maybe the holes in Liverpool are. Yeah, and and, and the thing with this Liverpool team is it it needs one chance or one kind mm-hmm. of uh, lapse in concentration uh, and and then Salah and, and Mane will absolutely tear any defence in the world apart. Um, so you've got to be fully focused for 90 straight minutes to, to keep this Liverpool team at, at bay. And I, I just don't see that from, from the Arsenal team that... that is likely to play. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's still going to be a, a fun uh, match and a, a, it's a, a real kind of like um, starter for, for the for the new season coming up. It's going to be an interesting season, especially mm-hmm. on the back of the last season, uh, which was, yeah, it was, we'll kind of like write that one off and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get back to some normality in, in uh, Premier League football. Absolutely. Um, let me see here. Let, let's let's end on a bit of a personal touch here, Mag. Uh, Burnley. This won't take long. This will <laughs> not take long at all. <laughs> Bur- Burnley Football Club, your your hometown, uh, your home yes. club. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Sean Dyke is a uh, he's a very uh he's a very astute manager, a man that I have a lot of respect for. Um, I mean, uh, he does seem to be it's not it doesn't seem to be in full blown crisis mode. I, I don't think, but um, it, it does seem to be all quiet on the Burnley front here, with maybe talks of Dwight McNeil leaving, who seems to be Burnley's probably most promising player. Uh, in their squad at the moment, he he. It's rumored that he might be off to Leicester, um, but um, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, what are what are your expectations for for Burnley this season? What 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 goals do you think the club can meet? Um, as as far as um, you know, I guess short term ambitions for this season. Do you, do you even? I mean, being a Liverpool fan, you you won't even kind of have a a clue of the frustration that we have uh, been being Burnley fans. It's it's so 
annoying when you can see other teams go and spend multi multi millions on 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 players and and we do what is called bin dipping where we're we're like kind of scouting the championship for mm. for any players that are, are coming up and I can understand it. We're a tiny club in in terms of of structure. We've got one of the smallest grounds in in the uh, in the Premier League, but we're also kind of one of the most astute clubs. Uh, we yes. we went for a period where we were were damn near out of the the, the league, where uh, our our club was dead and buried, and we've kind of clawed our way back up the league, mm. and we've done it. Uh, basically being financially solvent. We haven't kind of had to uh, go down the Portsmouth or the Leeds or the, the Wolves route where we've we've spent way more than we, we can afford to on the hopes of, of getting a, a, a place uh, in the in the Premier League and and the kind of like the, the golden land. So we're financially we're we're in a, a really healthy place, but that would soon come crashing down if we were going out and spending hundreds of millions on, on players. So it is frustrating because you you don't see those big names coming through. Uh, and we'll always be kind of uh, a, buying, uh, a buying like young and selling uh, selling on to, to, to bigger clubs, like almost like a feeder club, which it, it, it does get annoying. But we've, we've been in the Premier League now for five years and that's kind of a dream uh, scenario for, for the likes of Burnley. We, we've never had these hearts before. I mean, it was only a couple of seasons ago. We were in Europe. That was absolutely unbelievable. My concern would be if we don't fund Sean, Sean Datch's um, kind of hopes for this club, we're going to lose him. And losing the players will be one thing, but losing Darch would be another. He's been an absolute uh, rock for this uh, for this club. We've really, he's really kind of got the fans behind him. And I honestly think he, we are punching above our weight uh, with a manager like Sean Darch. He should be managing a way, way bigger club than us. Um, in terms of transfers, it's it's more interesting what's gone out than than what's actually come in. We've uh, we've obviously let Joe Hart go, and again, he's, he's someone who I really hope does well uh, at Tottenham. Uh, Aaron Lennon has gone, uh, someone who who kind of just didn't uh, regain that form that he he had at uh, at Leeds and then then at Everton um, and Jeff Hendrick, which he was someone who we really took to at Burnley and. Uh, on the way out, he's kind of uh, stabbed us in the back, saying that going to Newcastle is a bigger, big uh, step up, which is a a bit uh, annoying, really. Um, there is, we've made one confirmed signing. We brought in Will Norris from from Wolves, which is a a decent signing. I can't really grumble at that. Um, but the the interesting one is uh is someone who, who snubbed he snubbed Burnley. Um, I'm I'm just drawing up his name now. Uh, uh, Morgan Sanson. Ah. Uh, he, <laughs> he plays for plays for Marseille. Uh, but yeah, uh, we were interested in him earlier in the season, uh, but uh, we kind of backed out when they wanted. I think about thirty million transfer. But as obviously the the world has crashed and burned, uh, that value has come down, and we I think we went back in for him and. He's uh, he snubbed Burnley. Said uh, he doesn't see us as a big enough club, so it's looking like that uh, he's going to be looking at maybe Arsenal or West Ham. Uh, so yeah, it's a uh, that's out of, out of the question now. The only other one that is kind of 
a very loose rumour. He's uh, Adam Smith from Bournemouth. Uh, so yeah there's not a lot it's all quiet on the western front and I sent in the DM kind of the tumbleweeds and Mm. that's what it it feels (laughs) like a little bit well, I'm excited for you guys. I, I like I said, I, I I really want you guys to do well and to succeed. I mean, five years in the Premier League, like you said, that's a pretty big achievement, and um, and, and I and I hope that you guys do well. Um, you were scheduled to face Manchester United on match day one. It does seem to be postponed mm-hmm. temporarily. It seems, yeah. Um, but uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, are there any the, big? The, the, mm-hmm. the thing with Burnley is. is the way that we play uh, is we're always a tough, a tough match for for, for whoever comes to to old tra- uh, to to the turf. Mm-hmm. Uh, we 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 a very hard hitting team, and it would mm-hmm. be interesting to see someone like Messi just <laughs> see if he could take a tackle or two from from the Burnley lot. Uh, but yeah, um, I think we'll we'll. We'll be relatively safe. Any time that we're not involved in a relegation battle is is quite a good thing for Burnley because we don't spend money, we we don't have a lot of funds, so it's 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 easy to get sucked into that kind of relegation battle, and especially with clubs that are spending more and more each time that they come up. I mean, we've got Leeds who've who've gone out and spent quite a lot of money on the way up. Uh, so yeah, any time we're mid table, like maybe pushing for those. Uh, uh, Europa League places, yeah, it's a. Uh, it'll be interesting for for Burnley. Hey, I would love y'all in the in the Europa League. That would be that would be fantastic. <laughs> I think. Um, are there any like? Because obviously you have you have Burnley versus Manchester United, which is which is to be determined on match day one. Manchester City versus Aston Villa, uh, Leeds uh, at Anfield, which will be um, <laughs> a knuckle cracker for sure. Dirty Leeds, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> we'll, we'll see how things go there. Maybe, per, maybe, perhaps uh, uh, Ben White will already have switched sides by then. We'll f- fingers crossed. <laughs> maybe ben White. Tiago, Zaha, or Sar. I'll, t- I'll I'll take the lot, please. I'll yeah, I would love to see it. Um, West Ham versus Newcastle. That should be interesting. Um, West Brom versus Leicester. Uh, Tottenham versus Everton should be uh should, should also be a pretty uh a pretty competitive game, I would say. Um, and uh, let's see here. Uh, Brighton uh, uh, with Chelsea, so we'll we'll get to see Chelsea trot out in their new look and see how uh, how they do. Um, I mean, beyond match day one, um, I mean there there's a lot of other games coming. I mean, match day two does seem to have uh, uh, Liverpool going to Stamford Bridge. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, uh, Mags, are, are there any matches that kind of stand out in the first few weeks in your mind that you're really looking forward to seeing? Yeah, that that the first first week of uh, of the Premier League coming back, there's not a lot of kind of marquee matches. There, uh, no like big hitters. It would have been interesting to see like two perhaps title contenders going at each other straight away. Um, I'm kind of glad that the the Burnley and Man United match got uh, postponed. Uh, gives us like a, an extra week to to prepare. Uh, I think our first match is away at Leicester now. I mean, can you imagine if we had Manchester United and Leicester back-to-back? That would have been uh, quite a brutal start to the season. And I don't think you you guys have got it that easy. I mean, Leeds is a, should be a relatively easy victory. But then travelling to Chelsea and, and then I think in... Uh, in week three, you've got Arsenal, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Anfield. That's a, 
a hard uh, set of games to to start off with. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. It's, it's, it's not it's not a dream start. I mean, I I do look forward to putting Chelsea through the paces and seeing if their if their new attacking lineup can can stand up. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll make a diff. We'll we'll see what happens here. I mean, the um, we'll see if Timo Werner is uh, the real deal or if he was simply just a flat track bully in the Bundesliga. <laughs> Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Wow, that I could taste the salt in that <laughs> comment. I could absolutely, if he would have signed for Liverpool, it would have been the best thing since last bread, but now he's a flat track bully. Wow, <laughs> wow. Um, I think to be fair though, to, to Liverpool, it's the ideal time to, to get Chelsea because you don't want to be facing them when that team is bedded together and they've, they've kind of got that, that, uh, that sixth sense with each other, get them out yeah. of the way pretty early, get uh, pick up uh, three away points and and get a bit of ground between them. But yeah, you salty bitch, Tanner, you <laughs> absolutely salty bitch. <laughs> I just really want to get that game out of the way before they get Kai Havertz because then I know that mm-hmm. all my dreams are over. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, one game that really kind of came up here, and, and we have to go all the way to week four, uh, which is actually a pretty big week, all things considered, um, Leeds United uh, versus Manchester City. Uh, Pep Guardiola facing uh, kind of his 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 mentor uh, and Bielsa. Um, I think that is going to be a fascinating game. Um, and then you also have uh, uh, Mourinho going back to uh, Old Trafford, uh, t- taking yeah. Spurs there. So I-, I think that week four looks to be pretty interesting. Um, Chelsea will be We've facing got Newcastle that week, I think. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. Jeff Hendricks is going to get a. Going to get some grief. <laughs> Perhaps so. Um, yeah, uh, Chelsea at Crystal Palace. Uh, Liverpool will be facing Aston Villa, which uh, is going to be a, um, a somewhat of a nice breather, I guess, uh, compared to the last two weeks. Um, but um, with the pace that Liverpool sets itself on, um, it'll be interesting to see uh, where things go. Um, at this point in the trajectory, if you compare... Liverpool with Dortmund, um, who arguably played much harder uh, under Klopp than what Liverpool does. Um, they burned out around this time, um, but uh, or at least the the wheels started to come off at this time uh, at at Dortmund. I don't think that that's going to be the case here with Liverpool, um, but uh, we will have to see what the early stages look like um, with them. Um, yeah, first month looks to be. Uh, somewhat competitive, if not um, maybe slightly lackluster, but I, I really can't complain here, Mags. Yeah, uh, I mean, going even through like October into November, the the big the big clubs are uh, the the big matches are, are kind of spread out really evenly. Like, there's like one or two per per week. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no like huge like bumper super Sunday Sunday days where there's uh, a lot of like big hitting clubs up against each other. I think you're going into like maybe the early November when you start seeing um teams like City and Liverpool, uh, I think that's on the seventh mm-hmm. uh, of November, which will be a, a good match and then um yeah, it's I like the spread out of this this early part of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. let's see if that, that kind of continues all the way through uh with uh with like the cup games and the matches being postponed and, and stuff like that. Uh yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a very interesting season. And I, I like the fact that Liverpool are the defending champions because it kind of breaks that monotony of of seeing Chelsea City. 
United, City, United, Chelsea winning the league all the time. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that as well, uh, personally speaking. Um, but, Shock. Uh, yeah, Shock right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but we will see what happens here, man. Um, like you said, in, once you get through October, November, I mean, you start seeing the games like uh, like like City and United in, in December. Uh, you're, you're getting, um, you know, uh, let me see here. I'm just kind of going through the, 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 the scroller here. Uh, Liverpool and Tottenham on the 26th. Uh, uh, the 26th. The, uh, the the 16th rather of December. Um, let me see here. Burnley will play Aston Villa that day. Um, let me see here. Leeds versus Newcastle may be interesting tactically speaking. Um, let me see. Yeah, man. I mean, you, you like like you said. I mean, you kind of get like this one big marquee match per week. I mean, some weeks you have like a like a double header. It seems um, like mm-hmm. I think in in November. Um, let me see if I can pull it back up here because I think in in November you have like the the derby um, uh, between uh, Liverpool and Everton, as well as somebody else who's playing. Oh, Manchester City Arsenal. That's on October seventeenth. Um, okay. Yeah, same start time. So that'll be that'll be something. I mean, it, there does seem to be a pretty even pace uh, for all the clubs. It, it doesn't seem nearly as uh, as stacked and as much of a head rush as maybe seasons prior. Um, and, and and I think that's that's a good thing, right? I, I think yes, yeah, it's, it, it's it's nice for everybody to kind of. Take a bit of a breather. Um, <laughs> I mean, even even going into the Christmas period, like the Boxing Day ones, is there's uh, like Leicester versus United is probably the biggest game. Oh no, you've got Arsenal and Chelsea as well. So again, two two decently sized games there, and then going into the early New Year, yeah, it seems like the uh, whoever has kind of like done the the fixture list has, has done really well to kind of balance out. Um, the matches. I wonder if there's been any influence from uh, from the likes of BT Sports and Sky uh, that they they kind of want these big matches spread out. Well, I would hope so because I, I think with also like w- with COVID and I think some of the new sub rules that are in place here, I think that it it mm-hmm. it, it really helps alleviate things for everybody. Um, but also, I mean, there's there's the uh, uh, obviously BT and and, and Sky. Um, I, I'm sure that they're appreciative of the spacing out of the games as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say as far as the season goes, it's going to be very very interesting. It looks like things will really start heating up towards the back end of the season, where you do get obviously uh, City and Liverpool uh, in February. Uh, you're, you're getting um, you're getting like uh, City and Tottenham uh, the following week. Uh, you're getting uh, just again. It, it just looks like it's still very evenly paced here. But um, I, I mean, it, it just looks like you do have a lot of the games also concentrated on the back half of the season too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I mean, before we go, Mags. Um, I mean, I I have an idea of who you're you have as favorites for this season. Um, but I mean, uh, is, is there anybody in your mind who is 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 the favorite to win the whole thing this year? Premature picks. Oh, now this could all change depending on whether a certain five foot two Argentinian gets sand. Um, but <laughs> five if I foot to... two. <laughs> 
I don't think he's much bigger than that, to be fair. I mean, I know I've been a little bit cheeky, but um, <laughs> if I were to pick right now, my money would be on, on Chelsea. I think they've made the most astute moves in yeah. uh, the transfer window. They've, they've really... Not not only work to sign big players, but big players that that fill gaps in their in their uh, team. So I would I think at, at ten to one, that's a, a banging bet to 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 back Chelsea. But failing that, I think this is Liverpool's title to to um, to retain. I mm. think they've got the a squad there that that is arguably among the best in the, in in the world. And if they can stay fit, they can kind of add uh, players that that will complement the the team that they've got, and not and keep the players that they've already got there. I think it's going to be a very interesting league. I think we're going to see Liverpool near the top, we're going to see City around the top, and we're going to see Chelsea around the top. So they will mm-hmm. be the three teams I would go for. But I think Chelsea wins this league right mm-hmm. as it stands right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I can't say that you're wrong just based on, 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 I guess the trajectory of all three of those teams, uh, you, you uh, obviously Chelsea making some very, uh, you know, making a very persuasive argument here in the transfer market, uh, city, um, you know, can, can, shouldn't be ever discounted, especially if they were to sign Messi. Um, uh, even though I'm, I'm very skeptical, uh, of maybe the impact that he may have, um, and, um, I will also make note of, uh, obviously Liverpool. I mean, if, if they were to complete, I think a lot what a Liverpool needs to do is they need to complete, you know, uh, Tiago, they need to complete, uh, you know, somebody like Ben White or, or at least another mid, uh, another, uh, uh center back, another defender as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, again, what I would like is somebody who could play across the front three and fill in those roles. Uh, Minamino, um, and, 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 uh, Shakiri are, are, um, are, are very good. Um, but, um, uh, it's a matter of, of them stepping up and making the, the next move. And, and I, I would prefer to see maybe another winger or somebody who can play um, in that Firmino role um, also come in just rotationally. Um, but um, that is a lot of wait and see and a lot to ask of Liverpool. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens with them. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, beyond that, man, it's been a pleasure talking to you once again. I'm glad that we could sit down and uh, take a look at the Premier League preview. Uh, Mags, do you have anything else that you can enlighten us with this week? <laughs> I think I've done all my enlightening for mm-hmm. for one day. But I just I love these these talks. Anytime I get a chance to sit down with uh, with you, Tanner, and and just even shoot the shit, it's just a fun time. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Um, Hope everybody enjoys listening to my inane ramblings. I see I'm not just a one-trick pony. I don't <laughs> just watch wrestling all the time. I do have other interests. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been great fun, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to to sit down and and do it again. Absolutely, sir. The the pleasure's all mine, really. Anytime that I can that that that, that you and I can come down here and and, and talk together about uh, about anything, really, is, is such a joy. And I'm glad that uh, that you and I had a chance again today uh, to to talk about some football. Um, where where can uh, everybody find you on, on the internet, Mags? Well, no, this is where I would normally uh, say at Josh Robinson double zero, but he quit podcasting like a little baby back bitch. So I don't follow oh. him anymore. 
<laughs> oh. No, that's, do go and follow Josh. He's a he's a star, uh, and uh, full respect for him to to be breaking out and and moving into uh, different mediums. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what the what the guy comes up with. But yep, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Raincounter. Uh, I'm called <laughs> Mr. Paul Taller. Yeah, come and give me shit. <laughs> no, really, this is honestly. Follow me at DJ Kirby. <laughs> You always get me. You somehow always find a way to get me. Oh goodness. Um, well, yeah, guys. Um, you know, uh, definitely make sure to follow Mags. Uh, check out all of his stuff. Mags again, uh, obviously does uh, lots of great work in in terms of uh, both Badlands podcast as well as uh, Five Rounds that I'm a bi- I'm a big fan of. That's that's where I get all my UFC coverage from, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you can oh, uh, poor man. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to give Radio Techers a follow on Twitter at Radio Techers. Uh, you can also uh, hear more of my nonsense uh, at Headlock Talk on Twitter. Go go follow Headlock Talk. Listen to, to us talk about pro wrestling there, uh, or even talk about fugitive parrots. Uh, we have a variety show. We talk about just nonsense. Really, it's 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 really just nonsense, you guys. But if that's if that's your thing, we got you covered. Um, or you can also just uh, follow me. Uh, myself personally I, I i don't really i, I just kind of reinvented my own personal account but i mean if you want to fo- give me a follow uh on twitter yeah, at, i saw that yeah um you know that that's a picture of my face and my eyes all bugged out um <laughs> uh, you can follow me on twitter at texas gentleman underscore uh on twitter as well um but uh f- for mags i am of course the texas gentleman tanner pruitt y'all have yourselves a great rest of your day 